Now I want to uh, talk about Russia and the recent news that World Anti the World Anti-Doping Agency has banned Russia from all global sport for the next four years. It is a truly kind of unprecedented move. So this means Russia won't be competing in next year's Tokyo Olympics. They won't be in the Football World Cup in Qatar in 2022. And David Walsh, chief sports writer at the Sunday Times, has of course been following this story and related stories for some time now and he's joining us now on the line from the UK. David, uh, welcome. Thank you. So, David, everyone knows you're the journalist who you, you've led the investigation into doping in the world of cycling and, of course, Lance Armstrong. You also write regularly about doping in other sports. How widespread is doping in sport? In a general sense, uh, Brendan, you'd say very widespread. Um, but, of course, there's lots of nuance in the story and uh, in the sense that you then say, well, it's always been the same, but it's not always been the same because it changes over time. And um, the outing of Russia as a country that state supported its dopers was quite shocking. And uh, Russia now finds itself in the position it has been, you know, since these revelations first came out in, say, um, 20, the end of 2014, that's five years ago, um, Russia has been the pariah of world sport. And now, it's, and now I would say it's officially the pariah of world sport because if anybody is going to Tokyo next year, it's guaranteed, um, unless Russia's appeal succeeds to the Court of Arbitration, which is not likely, if this story pans out as it's expected to, anybody in Tokyo next year will not hear the Russian national anthem, will not see the Russian flag flying in any stadium. And, and the people who, the Russian athletes who are competing will have to do so as neutrals without any affinity to a national team. Okay, there's a lot there. Let's just break it down a little bit. Do you, firstly, do, is this justified? Oh, totally, yeah. I mean, there, there, are, there have been many, many people arguing that the, that the punishment should have been even more draconian, namely what they call a blanket ban. In other words, nobody from Russia should be allowed to compete in any international sport for the next four years. I understand that point of view, and I have a certain amount of sympathy for it, but I would be on the other side of that argument. I, I don't like the idea of, of banning people that you know are innocent, and, and, and there are Russian athletes now who will be able to establish their innocence, young Russian athletes who have you know, never tested positive, who have never been suspected of doping, and I, I, I certainly wouldn't be comfortable with the idea that, that you ban those athletes simply because... They are Russian. And David, can you explain to us how that would work in terms of will they be subject to a, a doping regime through another agency in the interim? Or presumably we don't trust the, the Russians to, to tell us that yeah. these neutrals are clean. No, no, we absolutely don't. So, so the onus is on um, the World Anti-Doping Agency to test you know, whichever Russian athletes are, uh, you know, are applying to go to the Olympic Games as neutrals and to make sure that they're, t that they're subject to the same testing that every other country is. But of course, Brendan, it's not an equal, it's not a level playing field. You know, if you're, um, if you're in a developed country where there's a proper anti-doping agency that, that's well-funded, you're more likely to be tested often than somebody coming from a country where the anti-doping agency isn't so well-funded and that country is dependent upon international bodies and, and the World Anti-Doping Agency to do its testing for it. 
So, so of course, it's not a level playing field in that respect. All, all athletes aren't tested equally. But you know, I certainly believe that that the World Anti-Doping Agency would be out there trying to make sure that any that any Russian who's applying to go as a neutral would be properly tested. But remember, a huge amount of Russians are not going to be able to be able to go because one way or another, they they will have been involved in the doping of the past, and as we know. The World Anti-Doping Agency has all the data. So the people who are suspect are known to be suspect and they won't be in Tokyo. Okay, um, David, I'm just going to interrupt you there for a minute. Gina, this is represents, I suppose, somebody taking on the Russians in a way that, that nobody else is. Sure hasn't happened from the US government, has it there, <laughs> yeah. Brendan and, and David? No, it's it's a this is a fantastic situation where honestly the money that could have put been is at stake for Russia investing in its athletes and whatever it's going to do in Tokyo and all the sorts of tourists that would come in and all the sort of economic boost that might come from keeping them in. This is definitely, I would say, an example of principle playing over power, which hasn't been the case, obviously, from the Republicans in the Trump administration as it results as it relates to the Russian meddling in the 2016 election. So kudos to the athletics and the sports industry for taking a stand for a change. Yeah, would you agree, David, that WADA have made a strong response here to Russia, where it's not a thing that happens in other areas, people responding to Russia? Brendan, I would totally agree. And I think this is the point that the people wrapped up in sport. They don't look over their shoulder and say, well, when Alexander Litvinenko was assassinated in 2006 or when, or, or, or when Don Sturgis died last year after the, uh, the Novacek attacks in, in, in Salisbury on, the, on, on Sergei Skipo. I mean, what happened as a result of that? Yeah, some diplomats were expelled. There was talks of sanctions. Russia says the sanctions haven't hurt them at all. It's actually allowed them to develop their own kind of domestic agricultural industry. And so basically nothing happens that really hurts Russia. This ban, uh, this four-year ban imposed by the World Anti-Doping Agency does hurt Russia. I mean, if you're President Putin now and you want to go to a Formula One Grand Prix, you can't go. You want to go to the Olympic Games, you can't go. You want to go to the Qatar World Cup in 2022, you can't go. And don't let anybody tell you that this doesn't hurt Russia because that mere fact of none of the politicians or officials being able to attend international sporting events, that in itself is a significant sanction. No no, no national anthem, no flags flying at all these events, that's significant. Putin's usually fairly brazen about these kind of situations. Is he brazening this one out or has he, has he said anything? It, it's really interesting uh, in the sense that um, the Kremlin, Putin's um, um, Deputy Prime Minister, um, um, Dmitry, mm, mm, I don't know, I'm, I'm forgetting how to pronounce his name, Medvedev, I think um, um, is the pronunciation, he has said it's basically anti, it's anti-Russia hysteria from the West. And, and that has been the kind of Kremlin line. They, they're out to get us, they're paranoid about what they're doing and they're, they're treating us differently. Now, if you go one level below that and you go to, say, Yuri Ganes, who's the head of the Russian Anti-Doping Agency, um, Yuri Ganes, who is the head now, remember, of the Russian Anti-Doping Agency, he said this is a deserved ban. We basically, we have been improper in, the, in, in terms of the doping system we had going, and then our attempts to cover it up. And that feeling that it's a deserved ban, it's actually 
relatively speaking, widespread in Russia. I mean, I have a friend who's Russian, who's been reading all the Russian newspapers, and he says that when you read the comments in the kind of mainstream press, the general drift is that we deserve this. So I, I think it's going okay. to be interesting for, for, for Putin. David, the line is very bad. I, I do want you to uh, uh, ask you before you go, te- would you tell us about the Stepanovs? In, in, in short form, it's a fascinating story. These were the two whistleblowers that you've gotten to know very well. Yeah, I mean, it is, Brendan, it, they're a totally amazing couple. Amazing in the sense that he was for the Russian Anti-Doping Agency as a kind of a doping control officer. She was an 800-meter runner. On their first date, she tells him to wise up. Everybody in Russia dopes. And he says, well, does that mean you dope? And she says, of course. And he kind of thinks, am I going to launch an investigation or am I going to ask her for a second date? And he basically decides to do both. They get married two months later. Their, their marriage is a very difficult one. Remember, she's a doper. He's an anti-doping officer. He's, he's sending emails to the World Anti-Doping Agency about what she's doing. In other words, snitching on her. And eventually, you know, the marriage goes, goes kind of badly, as you'd expect. They, they begin divorce proceedings. She's then told that she's going to get a ban for two years because the World Anti-Doping Agency are on to her. Uh, she asks the, the, the chief coach in Russia, what do I do if I'm banned for two years? And he says, go and have a baby. That's what all Russian women do when they get a two-year ban. She, she's meant to meet her husband two days later to confirm the divorce. And she says, I'm going to get a ban. And, you know, her soon-to-be-divorced husband says, well, what do you want to do? And she says, they tell me I should have a baby. And he said, well, do you want to have a baby? And she says, yeah. And he says, okay. And they, ha- and they have a child, and, the- and, the ma- and they stay together. And then she commits to the anti-doping movement, and she becomes a fellow uh, whistleblower with him. And they basically end up bringing down Russia. I want to see the Netflix D- movie D- yeah, on this. D- David Walsh, that's an extraordinary story. I presume you're working on a book on it as we speak. As we speak, <laughs> David Walsh, Chief Sports Writer for the Sunday Times. Thank you very much and we'll take a break. Podcast The Marion Finucane Show at rte.ie slash radio.